Now, what are you watching? What are you guys watching? What are you watching? What are you watching, guys? What's this show? Is it new? What is this show? What are you watching? What are you watching? What are you watching? Okay, that's it. That's enough screen time, people. Let's all take a 10-minute break. No more TV. Turn it off now. Welcome to a very special holiday episode of Screen Time is Cancelled. I'm Aaron. I'm Andy. Were you unsure? I was trying to think of a thing to say. I was trying to think of a funny thing, but I couldn't think of a funny thing. So I just <laughs> paused for an awkward amount of time. All right. Uh, it's a very special episode this week because we actually got to watch something that we like, or at least I liked. Uh, I don't think you said you'd ever seen it, right, Andrew? I don't remember seeing this before, no. And also, it's our 20th episode. Let's celebrate that, too. Woo-hoo, 20! Woo, 20! This week, we picked a holiday episode that I remember fondly from when I was a kid, uh, seeing it pretty much every year for probably a good four or five solid years in a row, and sitting down to watch it every time it was on. I don't know how many of you are familiar, but the Garfield holiday Christmas special, back when Garfield was a cartoon and a pretty widely known and used character for a while in the 90s, right? I mean... I remember it was kind of like him and Tweety Bird was huge. Oh man, do you remember when there? Were, remember it might have been Woodstock, after Space maybe? Jam when there were all those Tweety Bird and Sylvester in basketball jerseys, like yep. sweaters and shirts and everything. I had a Space Jam basketball. Yeah, of course you did. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. There was that weird like, well, there was that weird Looney Tunes revival in the '90s, but yeah, there was also just a lot of Garfield everywhere. I remember having multiple of the the little. They had this for for multiple newspaper comic strips where it was like a like a five by eight book mm-hmm. and it just had comic strips in it. Yep. They had those. For, I remember seeing those for Garfield. I think I had one for Mother Goose and Grimm and one yeah. for Foxtrot. Yeah. Yeah. So I had uh, like six or eight of those from Garfield. A couple of them were actually originally my uncle's, which was kind of cool. So they were older. Um, and I remember I inherited a Garfield piggy bank from my uncle as well. And I also, <laughs> as a kid in grade school, we had to write to an author and I chose Jim Davis. <laughs> and I wrote to him. I do not remember if he responded. We had to do the project more than once. Jim Davis, I believe, was my first. I think I did Shel Silverstein as another one and a couple others. I don't remember much else. I don't remember writing to, I think we like had to do one more. We wrote to Bill Clinton. Because it was just like a right to the president thing when you're learning about like what the president is because it was an election year. I don't remember writing to anyone else. <laughs> this is actually, this Garfield Christmas special is one of 12 different Christmas uh, Garfield specials that were created and aired that don't include all 363 segments of Garfield and Friends. That's right. Garfield and Friends was huge. So wait, are, are they all Christmas specials? No. Because I was going to say, how did you find this one and know that it was the one I was talking about, <laughs> if that's the case? No, you've got Garf- You've got ones called Here Comes Garfield, Garfield on the Town, Garfield in the Rough, which I'm going to imagine is like a golf thing, like a dwarf on golf Garfield special. Garfield's oh. Halloween Adventure, Garfield in Paradise, Garfield Goes to Hollywood, A Garfield Christmas, which we just watched, uh, originally aired... December 21st, 1987. So we would have been very young when this originally aired. Well, you would have been. I mean, you still, it's not like you were in your 20s. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was four-ish. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I was very young. Yeah. I was basically a fetus. Garfield, <laughs> his nine lives. Garfield's babes and bullets. Garfield's Thanksgiving. Garfield's feline fantasies. And Garfield gets a life. 
from the years of 1982 to 1991. And all of them were Emmy nominees or Emmy winners. What? What the hell is Babes and Bullets? I want to imagine it's him. Wartime? No, it's he's playing a detective named Sam Spade. Spade spelled S-P-A-Y-E-D. Uh-huh, uh huh. Clever. Yeah. And he's trying to solve a murder mystery. Amazing. So he's wearing a trench coat and a fedora. It's in black and white. I want to say I've also seen the Thanksgiving one and possibly the the last one you listed. Get a life. Garfield gets a life. Gets yeah. A life. Um, but yeah, Garfield was huge for quite a while in the early '90s, and I bought into that shit. Oh yeah, I watched a ton <laughs> of the Garfield and Friends TV yep. show. I loved that show. Yep. Remember Normal. Yep, normal, and it had uh, Lorenzo Music, who sounded like Bill Murray, doing the voice of uh, Garfield the whole time. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Who Was that who did it for the special? Yeah, yeah, Lorenzo Music did the voice of Garfield up through, I think, when he passed, and okay. then Bill Murray did it for that movie, the 3D right. movie, whatever it was, oh about 10 gosh, years ago. Oh my gosh, that's right. I completely forgot about that. I used to confuse Lorenzo Music with the Micro Machines guy who could talk really fast. Did it, was his name also Lorenzo? Or I have no idea what the Micro Machines guy <laughs> I think this is one of those things like when you're a kid where two things happen or you find out two bits of information and so you just assume they're related. Yeah. And like for the next 20 years, you assume that, you know, these two things are related when they have nothing to do with each other. You just happen to find out about them at the same time. Yep. So yeah, learns the music, voice of Garfield, not the fast talking Micro Machines guy. <laughs> uh, also notable in this show is... Um... Lou Rawls doing the vocals for a lot of the music. Yes, Lou which Rawls. Was really cool. Yeah. And he sounds great and he's singing a lot of weird songs, but Yep. I loved it. There's actually a lot of names in this. Uh the character of Grandma is Pat Carroll, who you might know as Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Oh, interesting. She's also, you know, long, long time actress, did a lot of voice acting as well. Uh you've got for Dad, Dad is played by Pat Harrington who was Schneider on One Day at a Time. So that's a reference for my dad. <laughs> hey, Victor. <laughs> and you also had, uh, playing John's brother, Doc Boy, was David Lander, who was Squiggy in Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Another oh. reference for my All dad. Right. And unfortunately, he just passed a couple weeks ago. Oh, interesting. On December 4th, so. Rest in peace, Squiggy. Oh, <laughs> wah wah. It's too early to talk about death. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> and this is, if you're listening to this, um, which I guess you'd have to be to be reacting to what I'm saying. <laughs> uh-huh. This is after Christmas. So if you celebrate Christmas, I hope it was good. If you didn't, I guess I hope it was good if you didn't celebrate Christmas as well. Whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, whatever you've done over the yeah. past month or so, be it celebrating or just, you know eating food and hanging out yeah i, I hope, hope it was good i hope the period of time between december 21st and december 28th of 2020 was no worse for you than all prior or subsequent times <laughs> and i mean that from the bottom of my heart that's the most generic wishes i think i've ever heard <laughs> and before we forget we wanted to make sure we took a moment to wish you happy honda days merry chrysler and a wonderful toyotathon Again, I'm glad that we're just so inclusive. <laughs> Get everyone covered. A Garfield Christmas opens on John's house and Garfield is asleep inside. And on the outside of the house, I think he's dreaming at the very beginning. So because the outside of the house has this insane decorations, lights, there's a like a 
stock ticker going around the house that just says Merry Christmas. And there's like uh, reindeer and crap flying around. It's pretty incredible looking. Uh, So Garfield's sleeping. John wakes him up and says, good morning. No time for small talk. Here's your breakfast lasagnas. You can eat your way to the tree. <laughs> Leaves a nice big line of them all the way Six there. Six or seven lasagnas. So very clearly he's dreaming. Uh, he eats the lasagna and John reveals his present for the year, which is a giant chair that's supposed to be a gift giving machine mm-hmm. that will read your mind and give you the gift you're thinking of. But it looks like an electric chair that's been dressed up like Santa. <laughs> I was going to say. So that's terrifying. Yeah. It. I don't know if that's just, you know, are making that connection or there was some kind of connection <laughs> to be made in there as well. I don't know. Uh, and Garfield wishes just for like an armful of gems. Yep. Just, I I didn't I missed what John wished for. Did you see? I don't remember actually. Oh, well. And it was easily 28 minutes ago. I would also wish for an armful of gems. I feel like that would be extremely satisfying to hold and look at. See, uh, see I I was going to ask why do people in cartoons wish for gems so often because I've never tried to turn large gems into money. But I've got to imagine it's not easy. You can't take it down to like the bank and just convert it into currency. You have to take it to a jeweler or a pawn shop or something. <laughs> I, I love this idea of someone having the ability to wish for anything they want. And what they want is something they could pawn for a lot of money. <laughs> what they want is to create work for themselves. <laughs> right. Adding another step to their but that magical money gaining so experience. It's, it's like giving kids loose change on Halloween. Or lottery tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so Garfield wakes up and not until we he- not before we hear Lou Rawls singing the Christmas I'm sorry, holiday you're right. classic Gimme Gimme Gimme. There is an amazing theme song to this movie. I it's just so good. I I don't even know how else to describe it other than it's Lou Rawls and he's singing about there's some lyric about um at Christmas, it feels like we get everything we want, but that's when we should ask for more. <laughs> and then it just, the chorus is gimme, gimme, gimme. It's really good. And it, the fact that it's Lou Rawls singing it yeah. is even better. Interestingly, also, I didn't see Lou Rawls at the beginning, but this, I, it, it made me realize that a lot of the shows that we've been watching for the podcast don't have credits at the beginning of them. No, they don't. But this does. And... I recall pretty often sitting through credits as a kid, and I don't think that's happened. <laughs> They're all at the end of episodes, and especially on streaming services, you can skip them, like, immediately. Yeah, it's really so nice. So what's even the point? I don't know. I I thought I remember reading something. Maybe it's like a SAG rule or something? That's what I was going to say. I, I think there is, because I remember hearing that about Star Wars. And how it was a big deal that Star Wars had no opening credits whatsoever. And that violated they did like the story thing. Yeah. And then all of that is at the end. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that, that like went against or he had to pay some sort of fine to SAG or something or other. Huh. But that it was a he did a bad and he needed to, to I don't know, mm-hmm. be in trouble for it. Unbad it. He needed to unbad it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However you do that when you're just with billions of dollars. So he wakes up from his dream after the the opening credits of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme are over. And this is not to be confused with Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight. Correct. Lou Rawls singing that would also be a great theme for a Garfield cartoon, though. But not quite fitting for a Christmas episode. I mean, it's if that's what he wants for Christmas. And I guess The Man After Midnight could be Santa. Oh, my God. 
oh my, someone needs to take that song and rewrite it to be about Santa. No, they don't. Oh, come on. Please. I feel like walk, watching Garfield interact with John at the beginning of this, there's two things I noticed. One, I can't tell if John understands Garfield or not. You can see him pause and Garfield speaks, but he doesn't respond directly to what Garfield's saying in any way that I could glean. Other than maybe like, are you hungry? And then maybe Garfield looks at him and he feeds him sort of deal, but not Garfield says yes for hot dogs. And then John gives him hot dogs, sort of, if you know what I mean. Um, And then also Garfield is very much speaking for every child under the age of uh, 16 or something like that (laughs) when he's whining about... Christmas stinks. Why do I have to go see some stupid old relatives? Why do I have to go to the farm? Why can't they come here? I I have I can all but guarantee I said those exact words <laughs> at one point in my childhood. <laughs> so relatable. So to your first point, I don't think John is supposed to be able to understand Garfield. I don't think anyone is supposed to be able to understand Garfield except possibly normal. Which is why his mouth doesn't move. Which is why his mouth doesn't move. And like because Odie doesn't speak to him and he doesn't really speak to Odie specifically. Odie doesn't speak. Yeah, Odie just barks. I think the idea is that they're just kind of, it's almost like Stewie and Family Guy. Like Brian can talk to Stewie, but no one else in the family really understands Stewie when he talks. Okay. I'm sure there are other better references and comparisons to maybe like Calvin and Hobbes. I don't know. But right. It, I don't think John's supposed to understand him. Okay. Uh, so it made me feel a little bit better about having been a kid who whined about having to go see my relatives. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely something that I, I, I did. Especially, we used to go places on Christmas morning. So we'd wake up, we'd open gifts, and then we'd go visit my grandparents. And the that moment of like, hey, look at all these things you just opened. We need to leave right now. <laughs> but I just You opened, can't play with any of but them. I want, can I bring those with me? You can bring a small thing. Mm-hmm. You can so like like Legos you can't bring because you haven't assembled them yet and you don't want to bring Legos to grandma's house. But like if I got a transformer or something that I could probably bring and you know try to play with it at the table. Yeah, I feel like Christmas day especially for younger kids, it's hard to get them to go places. You yeah. should probably just plan to kind of stick around home. That's why you make the presents like the last thing that you do. That way it's like you get all the 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 family stuff and the food stuff and everything else done. And then, all right, here are the presents. Bye. Like, we get you that you're going to just disappear now. You you think you could get... My point was getting young children to leave the toys that they just opened is a problem. You think you can get them to wait on Christmas Day to open their presents until after food and family visiting? Oh, what no. What dream I, world are you living in? I would in? say also do all the family stuff Christmas Eve. Oh, Yes. I see. You don't so, mean the day of. I, okay, you, I agree with that. Yeah. Or do, even the day before, or day the, after, like mid-January, mid-March. Y'all. I mean, it doesn't matter. It can be literally any day. We learned from Motown Magic you can have Christmas literally every day. Mm-hmm. It's allowed. It's okay. I also noticed the animation style. John constantly looks high because <laughs> <laughs> his eyes are always half closed. Yep. Yeah, I was say the the eyelids there is what we associate now in almost all like TV shows and like that. That means that you're high. Yep. And he also has an ombre mullet. Did you notice this? I didn't notice that. He has, so the top of his hair kind of goes towards his forehead and is curly and it's light brown. Mm-hmm. And then it gets darker and is black and hangs down kind of long in the back. Wow. That's yep. a pretty sweet haircut. <laughs> Can I do that? No. All right. 
I'm sure you have good reasons. I just don't want you to. <laughs> I mean, that, that's clearly fair it's your head. You can do what you want. But if I get a vote, nah, <laughs> nah. On the topic of John, whether or not John can understand Garfield, it was nice when they're driving to this family farm that when John is singing his Christmas song, he's leaving spots for Garfield to sing his parts. Yes. And I, I almost want to hear that song recut with Garfield's parts cut out. So it's just John singing, then a couple seconds of him just sitting there and then singing again. <laughs> it's like, you've, you've read Garfield without Garfield. Uh, yes. Yes. It's very good. So for anyone who doesn't know, Garfield without Garfield is comic strips that basically have Garfield cut out of them, correct? And it's yeah. everybody else talking to him, but then he's gone. Is, are his speech bubble's still there and he's nope. just not there? Or just it's, All of it's a one-sided conversation? It's a one-sided conversation. So if you take Garfield out of there, it just makes John seem incredibly depressed <laughs> and like he's living a broken life. Yep. Which is great. Very funny. It was funny in the song, uh, you know, John is singing about how excited he is about Christmas on the farm and how wonderful it is. And Garfield comes back with how everything he's listing off his work. Like he says, we got up to decorate the tree and Garfield says gardening yeah. and we put on the lights and he says electrical work or, or whatever. Um, Wrapping the presents he calls like office work or something uh, like that. Yeah. Or mailing cards or something. Yeah. And he also brings up the fact that... Um, having to wait for Christmas coming creates insomnia and anxiety in children <laughs> in this song. This is what he's singing about. And if you think about it, he's not wrong. Yeah. The wait for the holiday season is basically one giant month of torture for children. I wonder if we keep the holiday a secret from children. Like as adults, we all no decide. Way, especially not in America. Yeah, that's Christmas true. Is it's flipping everywhere. everywhere. Could you do, if there's any way to do like a surprise holiday for you, like a pop holiday, you kids have no idea it's happening, then hey, guess what? It's toy day. It would have to be a floating holiday. Oh, like, yeah. It moves. Yeah. It's based on something that kids don't know. I mean, I'm all for creating that if you would like to make just, a random holiday. invent a floating holiday. Yeah. That could just come out anywhere. Any day you could wake up and, oh, hey, guess what? It's snowflake day. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Not so, right now, though. If we come up with any good ideas, we'll let you all know. At this point, they arrive at the farmhouse. Yeah. And John walks in and sees his mom and dad and brother. And from the corner, grandma yells something to the effect of, I'm just going to sit over here and stare out the window till I die, till you decide to come pay your respects. <laughs> pay attention to me. And then he goes over and says hello. And she says, you've gotten fatter. And it's like this experience. Yep has been understood and recognized inside of so many watchers of this cartoon. <laughs> How many people have gone to their grandparents who've said some passive-aggressive negative shit to get them to come over and give them attention and then called them fat? <laughs> it's terrible, but also true. <laughs> yeah, it's that's what makes it that's what makes it work so well. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I love in this and I think probably is true of a lot of the cartoons at this time is that like their clothes were all generic. And like his grandma's wearing just a pink sweater with a star on it, mm -hmm. like Homestar Runner. Yep. And her, I think her clothing is the only one that really has any, any emblem on it. Everything else is either a simple stripe pattern sort of deal or Actually, color. No, because Doc Boy's Christmas morning PJs have a bunny on them. You're right. And he has a tail. He has a tail. <laughs> Which is funny because John and Doc Boy are definitely supposed to be like in their 40s. Yeah. But they, they regress to children very quickly once Christmas they happens. Do. I just love this idea that 
I want to get sweaters like they wear in these kind of cartoons. Just a sweater with just a star. No no logo, no words, just... Didn't David have one of those on um, Schitt's Creek? I want to say he had a gray one with a black star. Or oh, a black maybe. one with a white star. I forget. I th- so you think he's got he's got Grandma Arbuckle style? Yeah. That's what he... <laughs> I mean, simpler colors, but yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. So, see, I, I'm... Well, I mean, that fashion was also... But I'm ahead of the curve, kind of. <laughs> you're a, you're ahead of the nostalgia curve. Yes. Or the, the what do you call it, cyclical fashion or sure, something? Sure, sure. Grandma makes a comment when she sees Garfield and Odie. <laughs> she picks up Garfield and says, I remember when we just had wood-burning cats. WTF or wood-burning cats? I've never heard the phrase wood-burning cats before. <laughs> you know, do you, do you, let's do some live research here. All right. <laughs> wood-burning cats. Uh, the first thing that comes up. So we were watching a Garfield Christmas special last night. <laughs> At one point, Grandma makes some remark about back in the day, all they had was wood-burning cats. To make a long question short, what the heck is a wood-burning cat? Everyone's like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> um, so one commenter here says, I'm guessing that Jim Davis and company were going for the general effect of old-timer stories when they were kids. They had to walk 50 miles through eight-foot snowdrifts uphill both ways to get to and from school. And when they got home... All they had to warm themselves up with was a wood-burning stove. The basic That's the basic idea of the joke, except Grandma wasn't complaining about how kids today have it easy, but rather showing fascination with the new technology in cats. So in her day, they were all wood-burning cats and not these fancy cats that they have now. Fancy I, electric cats? I guess. Okay. <laughs> the joke fell flat, Jim Davis. Normally you're so good. Apparently it may have even been based on a gag from an actual Garfield strip. That I can't get to show up. All right. We'll put a pin in that one. Yep. If we find it, we'll put it on our socials. At some point shortly after this, Grandma Stall starts complaining about the gravy that Mama Arbuckle's making. So literally like every other family gathering, there is one family member backseat cooking. Yep. And this is Grandma in this case. And she had won blue ribbon at the county fair for her chili sausage gravy. Mm-hmm. Do they still... I've never been to a county fair where blue ribbons were being given for things that I can remember. Have you ever been to one like that? Yeah. So there are a few in Maine. Um, The Windsor Fair is the one I'm thinking of. It's more common for animals and produce. So blue ribbon pumpkin, blue ribbon zucchini, that sort of thing. Okay. But they had pie contests and things like that. Jams. Um, It's a thing. Okay. I've just I've always seen it on TV. I've never actually seen it in real life. You don't really live in a country fair area, but I you also haven't been to that many. Connecticut has a lot of fairs. You haven't been to that many, have you? No, that's that's true. That's uh that's fair. <laughs> get out. <laughs> it's the best joke I'm gonna get all day. <laughs> oh no, we're in trouble. <laughs> but you probably wouldn't have a gravy contest though, right? No, that's unlikely. I don't really know where that comes from. <laughs> so after she leaves the gravy alone, because it's not her dish, huh, uh, they all sit down at the table and <laughs> I noticed that they have a massive amount of food. Andrew, it's just like your family. They have five pies for five people. Of course, everyone had to bring. Well, in this case, it wasn't even everyone bringing their own pie. It was one person making five pies. Right. Did you notice that they were all sat on the same side of the table like it was the Last Supper as well? I I didn't think of it that way, but that's because I'm a theater nerd. Oh, yeah. You you sit everybody on the same side of the table so you can see everybody's faces. 
but it just but yes yeah, yeah. in last my supper. <laughs> I immediately thought it was like the last supper yeah bring a whole new sad twist to it on top of the one that comes up in a few minutes <laughs> oh god that's right well before that we get that great joke from grandma where she's feeding garfield and odie under the table and father arbuckle right the dad yeah. the dad yeah the dad makes a comment about how she's eating a lot and she says that she's been eating for two <laughs> and you get that moment of realization on father arbuckle's face which actually was pretty funny yeah and then they go set up the or start doing the christmas again insane family doing their tree decorations the night before christmas yeah i i really i feel like i enjoyed this cartoon as a kid and even now honestly i enjoyed it quite a bit because it's a very cozy depiction of christmas yes um it's a fairly small family there's the even the arguments are kind of quaint if they have them um there's little touches that i'm sure everybody has experienced at one point like uh, the mother's still wearing her apron when she sits down for dinner and there's way too much food. She made six kinds of potatoes and um, everybody says grace because that's what you do in America, apparently. And, well, and you make a good point that like all of the because a lot of the stuff you see that that depicts family Christmases depicts a lot of the, the friction and, and arguing things like that. But all of the arguments in this are extremely low stakes mm -hmm. and they get resolved very quickly. It's on a farm. It's on a farm. It's all very quaint and cozy. And so everything feels fine. Yep. Everything feels like there's never a point where you, you worry that someone's going to storm off or say the wrong thing. Everything's very like, again, it's a Garfield cartoon. So it's not like right. they're going to confront their racist uncle or anything like that. Right. <laughs> but it's more just, like, yeah, you're right. Everything feels very cozy and very familiar. So the crazy family is decorating the tree mm -hmm. Christmas Eve and they the tree is m massive. They must have like 50 foot ceilings in this house <laughs> because it is it is at least two or three people high. Yeah. And they are not using a GD ladder to nope. put up the decorations. <laughs> the dad is on the floor and Doc Boy is standing on his back. <laughs> And they still can't reach, so they give the star over to Garfield and ask him to climb the tree. <laughs> well, and and Dad makes a very good point of asking why they don't put the star on before setting the tree up. Yeah, it's a good idea, especially it, if you're going to buy a tree that big. And I don't know, like, I've always thought of it as the last thing you put on, but I don't know why. Uh, well, I mean, with fake trees, it's because it would fall off as you're putting the top on, I'm sure. Um with real trees, I think it comes back to our, our beef in a previous episode, right? Where all fake and real trees, right? Like the star does not stay on the tree. They've never come up with that. I've seen a good mechanism for attaching something to the top of the tree. And somebody needs to invent that shit now. Yeah. Because it's terrible. Not us. We're not going to do it because no. we can't invent anything. And I know it's literally, I don't know, um, 60 seconds of your life that you have to worry about this once a year. But it's infuriating. It's so frustrating mm. to try and deal with. Especially if you have a particularly tall tree. We don't have a crazy tall tree, but... It's taller you know, than us. I would totes get a bigger one if I could, except that we'd never get the goddamn star on the top. <laughs> you can't get a bigger one. I won't allow it. <laughs> Oh, come on. No. But it's so pretty. There's, there's a point where it's going to get tall for I can't then stand it upright. Yeah, that's fair. It's also, it probably makes it a little bit heavier. And I'm already a little nervous about you carrying it up and down the stairs as is. Where were we, or where were we talking about someone suspending a tree upside down from their ceiling? 
when we had our, a yard sale a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, someone picked up our old six foot Christmas tree. Because as soon as we moved here and I could fit a seven and a half footer under these ceilings, I bought one. <laughs> and so we gave away our older six foot at the yard sale and somebody bought it for that purpose. Is that a thing people do? Yeah. If you have if you have one of those houses, if you're super fancy and you have one of the houses with the front door and the window over the front door mm-hmm. where there's typically like a chandelier or something oh. and you have high ceilings, people will hang trees from there upside down. I've... Uh, I want to say, you know the Mr. Christmas thing that's on Netflix now? Yeah. There was some sort of holiday decorations show similar to that, but not quite that. Maybe in the last five to ten years that had that featured prominently at one point. An upside down tree. So maybe it was started from there. Okay. None of that was interesting, but... um... No, no, no. It it is. It's a thing that as I was asking you about it, I was wondering myself, is this a real thing or is this a stupid idea I had? Because it sounds like the kind of thing that would be a stupid idea that I'd try to sell you on. I'm going to answer you. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so then we cut to the saddest scene in anything we've watched up to this point. There's a flipping heartbreaking story about grandma and grandpa and how he passed. And I don't know. She said it was a wonderful provider and they never had much money but they always had food on the table and he was so excited to give his kids christmas presents every year and all how heartbroken she is to be without him all the time and she misses him the most this time of year it's just absolutely she wakes up some nights and she can feel his arms around her like oh gut-wrenching and <laughs> like this is a 90s garfield cartoon <laughs> where the fuck did this come from in a review in the houston press of this from what year 2013 oh all right from 2013 so this must still be on uh syndication or something oh this is apparently uh really tv guide ranked this the 10th and number 10 in its 10 best holiday family specials list oh no way yeah oh, we should check out the others it, it it's uh scott newmeyer of parade in 2013 called it a delightful little short featuring everyone's favorite cantankerous orange cat <laughs> which i like because it implies that there are other cantankerous orange cats that we like less uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but Jeff Rauner of the Houston Press described it as depressing, mostly unfunny, and remarked that since Grandma cannot th- hear Garfield's thoughts, quote, what we're watching is a sad old widow so desperately lonely without her late husband that she begins talking to a loud visiting cat. What? If, the, if she can't hear the cat, why is it loud? Also, everyone talks to cats. You shut up. Right. Everyone <laughs> talks to cats. Jeff Rauner. Also, everyone talks to cats. You shut up, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he completely missed the point or was just trying to write something edgy. Yeah, it, I get a... the feeling with reviewers sometimes that's kind of the point. Like, I, I've been too nice about all these other things. I've got to do a mean one. Let me pick this Garfield cartoon no one cares about anymore. Time for me to shit on a Garfield cartoon from 1987. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to shit on something, yeah. something that old that no one cares about is probably a good one. For a Garfield cartoon, it's well written. It's well delivered. This little monologue from Pat Carroll about her dead husband. Mm-hmm. It's it has sad. A fairly prominent feature of Odie, which I love. Oh, yeah. He was always my favorite. I learned to draw him when I was a kid. Did you really? I'm not very good at drawing, but I learned to draw Odie. I always tried to draw the guys from Invader Zim, and I was not very good at it. <laughs> I mostly just traced them. 
I think in addition to all the things I listed at the beginning of the episode, I also had a How to Draw Garfield <laughs> book. That'll help. That'll <laughs> help a lot. I'm pretty sure it had normal. It might have been Garf- Garfield and Friends, in fact. I want to say it had almost like the different faces of each character and i had completely forgotten until this about the i don't know what to call it other than the like full face mouth (laughs) like every time a character yells or sings or something their mouth opens wide almost like the beetlejuice um, oh yeah uh what's her name gina davis the gina davis character in beetlejuice where (laughs) her eyes come out of her mouth like it's that big and, it, and then it goes back to normal when they, I don't know, start talking or stop screaming, but <laughs> it's creepy as hell. Yeah. It's when you, when you take it on its own, like when it's not part of a nice little animated thing with their happy voices and sound, it's really weird. So it, is this when the, it goes just to Christmas morning? <laughs> yeah, effectively. Cause the 40 year olds now five year olds, uh, run into their parents' room and yell, dad, is it time to do presents yet? <laughs> and he said, no, it's one thirty in the morning. <laughs> Technically, that's Christmas morning. Oh, God. Why are they five? I don't get it. Are you excited for that in three days? Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. For what? 1.30 in the morning, wake up, it's time for Christmas? I don't think he's going to wake up at 1.30. Five, though. Yeah, probably He'll wake up at five. Yeah. (laughs) And then it'll be time for Christmas. Yep. That'll be fun. (laughs) You can bribe him with watching some TV in bed, maybe. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, don't worry about a possibly infinite amount of new toys and candy downstairs. Why don't you sit in bed with us and watch some stinky and dirty instead? Please. 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 <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> We're so sleepy. <laughs> we should probably go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, before this, Lou Rolls sings another song about how it's hard to find an elf on Christmas. Yeah, and he says something in the lyrics about elves and other weirdos. The lines are, so the story goes on Christmas Eve when elves and other weirdos think it's better to give than receive. (laughs) Uh, Okay, color me a weirdo. Yep. (laughs) And then they wake up. They're still children. Doc Boy is in that bunny outfit with the uh, little puffy cottontail. Mm -hmm. And he gets a toy plane for Christmas. Yep. And Dad gets a, a big... 10 40 gallon hat yep john gets a sweater mm-hmm. an oversized way too way big. too big his family after 40 years does not know his size and couldn't be bothered to ask he's gonna grow into it <laughs> <laughs> he'll oh grow into God. it this I year it. <laughs> that, that's like that was my thought was that it was the joke they were making is it's a sweater for him to grow into <sighs> did you notice if grandma got anything before her final gift from garfield I was trying to look if she got socks or whatever. <laughs> a typical old person gift. Uh, someone had contacted us and did uh, confirm what you were saying, that socks are a common gift for old people because of poor circulation and, you know, that kind of thing. But how many pairs of socks do you need? You never have enough socks. Really? Sure. All right. Cool. I mean, what if your circulation is so poor you have to put like four or five socks on at oh, a time? That's If that's a real thing, then that's completely fair. If you had like four socks on, Four layers of socks on because your feet were that cold. Would you consider either of the inner two layers needing to be washed? Yeah, because especially, I guess it depends on how hot your feet. This is a weird conversation. It is. I was just thinking about it as I was talking about wearing, like, because, like, obviously the outside layer is rubbing on the inside of your shoes. So you got to wash that. 
the inside layers right it's, next to your feet where they sweat. But I, if if they're sweating enough for the inside layer, I would bet that enough of it would get. Is there any the number layers. of layers that you could be wearing your feet where you wouldn't wash all of them? No, but I just wash my clothes when I'm done with them. So, you know, <laughs> I don't like weird me. saying that like I don't wash my clothes. I don't know what you're talking about. You're the one asking you if you can get away with not washing socks. I'm, I'm not trying to get away with that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just curious as to like, uh-huh. if there's a number of socks, like if you're wearing 15 layers of socks. Andrew, yeah, just wash your socks. <laughs> I'm, just, okay. I'm so busy around Christmas time. I don't have time to wash all 15 pairs of socks I wear every day. It's because my parents keep buying me these huge shoes and I'm never going to grow into them. So I have to fill the space <laughs> with 15 layers of socks. All right. <laughs> So I, I think we skipped this, but at some point Garfield's in a, in the barn mm-hmm. randomly, I think, because, oh, because Odie is out there at night building a gift for Garfield because he's the sweetest puppy in the world. And Garfield follows him out and bumps into a box and finds some letters from Grandma's husband. So she gets a posthumous naughty love letters from her husband on Christmas Day from <laughs> Which was pretty entertaining to watch. Yep, she won't read parts of them out loud because... <laughs> she said it's inappropriate to talk about her romances, which was funny. And then Odie reveals his gift that he made for Garfield, which was a back scratcher, and it was super cute. Yeah, Garfield gives him a big hug. It's really nice. So yeah, all around, this is a really cozy... I can see why it was in a top 10 list, for oh, yeah. sure. It's it's a very cozy cartoon. It's old but not so old that i feel like kids would not be attracted to it no i think i think as long as a kid understood the basic concept of garfield as this cat that can have thoughts but people can't hear him like i think this even is even that's not necessary cuz it... oh yeah it just doesn't really matter yeah i mean there's there's a cat and a dog and they're human and they're going to their family for christmas and they're all crazy the end i think yeah i think any kid would really enjoy this it, it it's aged really well. There was nothing that when I was watching it, looking back and like, oh, that joke wouldn't fly right now. Right. Like it was very. Other even... than maybe Garfield saying anybody who invented Christmas trees should be Drago into the street and shot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that. I mean, maybe. But even that, like that's the worst that we could come up with. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we should show this one to Sam and see if he takes to it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he'll like it. So uh, I don't know if we learned anything. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think it was just kind of a voyeuristic look at somebody else's Christmas. And this somebody happened to be Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this new trend of Garfield voyeurism that we're driving down. (laughs) I I just, I want to pump the brakes on it right now. Uh, And I I wouldn't change anything. Honestly, I I think this is a, a good nostalgia piece that I literally just remembered this year was a thing that I enjoyed and watched and I'm glad that I remembered it so that we could watch it together. Yeah, yeah, that was a, an enjoyable 25 minutes. Cool. We did get a little feedback from our last episode from one of the listeners. Oh, thank about, you. Uh, specifically about Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. Remember we were talking about her a little bit. Is it about the vagina eggs? It's not about vagina eggs. Oh. No, it was, uh, remember how we couldn't remember a single thing that Gwyneth Paltrow had done? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, we don't care about her. So. We don't. But she did. She did point out some things that we should have remembered. Things like Shakespeare in Love. Remember that movie? Never saw it. Remember how she's Pepper Potts in all the Marvel movies? I do remember that. Yeah. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the one that um, that surprised me the most was that that we forgot was Shallow Hal. 
I loved Shallow Hell. I don't think I would still love it, but I did at the time. Is it because of Jack Black? Yeah. Yeah. I watch basically anything Jack Black is in. <laughs> I, know. I love him. I know you do. And I like I know that Jack Black absolves a lot of sins by just being there. He does. He's very entertaining, but I <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh crap, right. Shallow Hal. Oh, that yeah. one. I don't think I've seen that since whenever that came out, 2002. It probably isn't appropriate for modern audiences. No, I don't think that one aged Almost well at certainly. all. Almost certainly. There's a lot of fat shaming in that movie at the very least. And I don't think he learned his lesson by the end of it. No, but I do love Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black is really entertaining. Yeah. yeah, Especially like that really early Jack Black when he was still finding his Jack Blackiness. Mm-hmm. Like that. Or when, uh, what's the one he's in with John Cusack? High Fidelity. Yes. He's great in that. And he sings The Night of Chicago Died, and it's, it's great. And you know what I haven't watched yet this year that you might have to suffer through? Has it really been that long? <laughs> the Holiday. No, we've seen The Holiday more recently than that. I don't think I've seen it this year. Are you sure? No, not sure. <laughs> Did I watch it in here. July because I needed some comfort? Damn it. What? Technically, it wasn't this year. <laughs> Was it last Christmas? It was last Christmas. <laughs> last Christmas. Yes. We watched Elf and the Holiday. All right. Well, you can go do something else and I'll watch it. That's no, it's fine. fine. The Holiday's fine. I have no problem with the Holiday. <laughs> I love the hol- I love Napkin Head. Yeah. Oh, no. The, hol- like, the Holiday is very enjoyable. It's, I have no problem with watching the Holiday. Are you going to watch Elf again on Christmas too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Rhetorical question? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So we've got, we've got, that's just going to be the Christmas thing. I got to pick something to watch on Christmas. So yeah, I can you got to have a favorite Christmas movie. Arthur Christmas is a good one. Yeah, that's like, it's yours. I, I gotta... It's mine? No, but that's the one that you've, like, I'm not bringing any Christmas movies to the table. I've never heard of Arthur Christmas before you. I know, but like, I'm not, I need to bring something. I got to oh. bring something from my own experience oh. that's Christmas related to the I'm table. I'm sorry. Do you, do you have? I don't. Oh. I don't. I'm going to have to make something up. All right. That's fair. Or maybe just like some Doug Christmas episode or something. I would watch that with you. I know. I love Doug. I rewatched that recently. And by recently, I mean like two years ago. <laughs> cool. I mean, well, it's recent enough. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that right now. No. Though. All right. Well, Andrew figures out what his contribution to our Christmas movie traditions should be. If you want to send us suggestions or if you want to tell us what your favorite Christmas movies are or your favorite Christmas episodes of kids shows from when you were a kid or your current favorite episode of Motown Magic or other modern kids shows, or you just want to say, hey, you can reach out to us on our socials. We are screen time is canceled at gmail.com. We are also Screen Time is Cancelled on Instagram with two L's. And we are at STIC Podcast on Twitter. When you're listening to this, you're probably thinking about your New Year's resolutions, what you want to say, what you want to change in your, in your new year. And there's a lot of different ways to keep track of that. One of the best ways is to take your New Year's resolution and write it in a five-star iTunes review about this podcast. <laughs> uh, so they would just say, like... I. I want to learn to cook new foods and lose weight. Can you imagine how great it would be to look through the reviews of a podcast? Not even ours, just any podcast and see five stars. I need to lose 20 pounds. Five stars. I'm going to get over Brad. (laughs) Oh, hey, Brad. (laughs) Like, I want to see that. I want that to happen. It doesn't have to be from us. I'd like it to be on our podcast because, you know, we need to feed that algorithm juice. But any podcast, if you go leave a five star review and just write what you want different in the new year 
that's not actually helpful for podcasts, y'all. I hope you don't do that. <laughs> it's much more helpful if you say how you feel about the podcast. And it does not have to be a five-star review despite Andrew bullying you. However, if you want to leave a five-star review, obviously we're cool with that. What if they say that the podcast was so good it inspired them to get over Brad and lose 30 pounds? Totally fine. Okay. But then it's relevant to the content. <laughs> so that, you know, makes sense and everything. <laughs> fine. <laughs> All right. Hope you all had a happy holiday. Happy time off. Happy December. Happy Yule. Happy Solstice. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Toyotathon. Etc. Etc. Bye. Bye. Screen time is canceled. Is written and produced by your host, Andrew and Alan. Our theme music is Winner Winner by Kevin McLeod. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you!